0: You're listening to After the Encore, the music podcast that explores what happens after the music fades, what happens after the encore. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and this is Volume 1, The Stars at Night, Track 5, with Brad Thompson.
1: Well, it was like I was saying to Mr. Hairdo, when your secret handshake and a hole in your shoe.
0: to after the encore. I'm your host Joe Shaw, and I am here with Brad Thompson minus his undulating band. Brad, how are you doing today?
2: Very good, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I'm really excited to de- dig into your story today. But something I want to start you out with is a question about your take on music. What does music mean to you?
2: Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think I've been thinking I think I've been thinking about it even more <laughs> lately, and here's my revised uh definition of what it means. so uh, just last month, uh I flew to Colorado with my family, and we went to Red Rocks for the first time to see a concert there. None yeah. of us have been there, and that's a gorgeous place right yeah. and we saw Michael Fronte and Spearhead oh. which you, if you, yeah. you know Michael Fronte you, hey I'll be gone today right and I'm seeing what he's doing what I think he's doing and he's using music to connect with people in a beautiful way yes. and he's bringing humanity to it and charitable causes and He sings about his mom and his wife and, uh, you know, the marginalized and all this important stuff that means so much to him. He's a powerful, powerful performer. Yeah. And I'm like, man, and he kind of plays like a crappy-looking guitar, which I connect with because I have kind of a crappy-looking guitar as well. (laughs) And it's, it's not really... In my mind, it's not super about the guitar playing. I take guitar playing seriously, but my guitar is sort of more comfortable than it is, uh, comfortable to me than it is like a great sounding instrument. And I think the same thing with his. All I'm saying is the music, and this kind of sounds like blasphemy, the music might almost be secondary or neck and neck with just actually communicating with people Mm,
1: mm
0: -hmm.
2: or strangers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with uh, groups of people or two people. It's a
0: device to connect with your fellow neighbor.
2: And it sounds weird because I've always just music is the important thing. It's it's this thing you can always chase after and you try to write the next greatest song ever or get better at your craft and everything. But the thing after playing for like three decades now, the connecting with people is – as satisfying as, like, playing music. If you sure. put playing music over here, connecting with people is is fascinating. It's kind of the same sort of magic as music. Like, yeah. I didn't talk to any of you people. I don't know what y'all are into. Right. I don't know any of your names. He didn't know our names. But somehow, yeah. he and 9,000 people got together and, at an outdoor amphitheater in Colorado, and it happened. And it just happened. And it was, he got to us.
0: Yeah. I've said this before, uh, and maybe not on this show, but in, in general, that it's its music connects us all, right? But there's something about a live experience. And that's what it is. A live concert is an experience where you feel connected not only to the performers, but to the people around you. Oh, definitely. And it's just... You know whether you are religious or not. It's to me, it's an extremely spiritual thing, right? It totally. just it speaks to me regardless of what you believe or what you don't believe. It just there's never been a time where I've gone to a concert where I haven't felt very spiritual when I'm walking out.
2: Our little spirit, our souls are grooving together. Yeah, this is yeah,
0: and that that is what is so key and important. And that and I think that's kind of really what we're speaking through with with after the encore here is that music brings us all together and we're trying to figure out you know we're trying to find our place in this crazy world all of us right and we're trying to leave the world a little bit better than we found it mm. and i feel that music really allows us to play in these spaces you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> that's nice yeah you know and it's just it's it's it makes me warm and fuzzy but in general it just it really it it speaks to me and i think i think it speaks to a lot of us with regards to how we connect to our music, how it inspires us, encourages us, comforts us, connects us across the board. Yeah, I uh, wholeheartedly agree. And Red Rocks is definitely something that's on my bucket list to go see, for sure, just to go, uh, go. see a show there.
2: It'll almost rain, I think, every night. <laughs> but you still go. Yeah. <laughs> they they say they, just, they really never cancel shows. Yeah. But every seems like every time you're there, it looks like it's, so I've heard and read, like it yeah. looks like it's going to come down. <laughs> it was monsoon season. They call it monsoon season wow. in Denver because of the way the storms kind of build up in the sure. Rockies. Yeah. And then right around 2, 3 p.m. every single day, some sort of convection heat kind of thing happens and all that moisture that was trapped in the Rockies finally pushes over into the the, you know, the Denver, the front right. range. Yeah. Which is right where Red Rocks is. And poof, we yeah. all get wet and yep. then it stops. <laughs> and then we all just brought ponchos right. and just put them away <laughs> and we're fine.
0: Right. I remember watching, uh, uh, I, I collected music DVD, concert DVDs for a while when I was in high school, and Incubus Live at Red Rocks was one of the ones I had, and that, I, I feel like that also rained during that concert. Oh, the
2: big U2 yes. one? yeah. It rained that yep. one? Yep. Oh, that's, you yeah, it <laughs> <That's> know, <like, laughs> it's gorgeous. That's all, Yeah.
0: Oh, good times. Well, Brad, I really want to dive into, you know, in this first section, we're really going to be diving into kind of your life first getting into music. So tell tell the listeners a little bit about kind of what your upbringing was like, and then also your very first connection to music, and then what ultimately led you to want to start learning to play and sing and be a part of music.
2: Okay. Um, I grew up here in Texas, mm-hmm. in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I was born in Grand Prairie. Right. <laughs> or Grand Prairie. Right.
0: Grand Prairie. Yeah.
2: And, uh, you know, this Prairie. was a, uh, I kind of had that story, I think, like a lot of people do, like musical household. Yeah. Mom, dad, uncles, aunts, everybody played a banjo or a bass or a guitar or a piano. We all sang. Yeah. So that was familiar. It was common. That was, you know, most times when we got together it just happened and uh i took piano lessons i took guitar lessons voice lessons you know all that right all that type of stuff and by uh by college that would be uh, late 80s i went to denton at north texas mm-hmm. um i entered the classical guitar Oh and, sure, and like, vocal the, like program?
0: the major track. Mm-hmm.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Um, I, that might have been my first taste of like how many thousands of great musicians there are. Yeah. Because you know you weren't all in the same town with them until you get to Denton, and it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, right? <laughs> Everybody's great. Yeah. And
0: uh, but let's so, back up a little bit, though. You, oh, I just zipped right to. 18 no, no, no. It's 18. good. It's good. It's good. You. Uh. Let's talk, let's talk about let's talk about your first concert experience. Oh. Because you snuck out, right, to go see... <laughs> you did do your yeah, homework. Yeah.
2: This is great. <laughs>
0: yeah, you snuck out to go see... Was it Van Halen?
2: Yeah, I only came clean with my parents about this, so like, maybe 15 years... 10, 15 years right, ago. When you're so. safely
0: out of their range. Yeah, of, where they
2: can't of, be mad right. anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, we
2: did. Yeah, I was... It was the, it was the 1984...
0: Van Halen tour?
2: The tour. So yeah. I was 15. Um And... It's where Reunion Arena yep. used to be wh- when it was Reunion Arena. Now, right. I, I don't know what it is. It's a hole. Yeah. It, it's gone.
0: It's gone, yeah. So,
2: yeah. I uh, I told my parents that I was uh, – I, I had my little crew. It was either Bobby McElroy or Casey <laughs> Pratt. These are the guys I ran with, and we always – could establish an alibi and the whole thing. So
0: you were like, I'm going to be at so-and-so's house yeah. and so for this they time. They had
2: older brothers. Yeah. There's always access to a car or whatever, so, beer, or they whatever just, They just, need. like,
0: dropped you guys off at Reunion. Did you yeah. guys buy your tickets there at the door?
2: I think we did. So we just jump in the car and, you know, drive to Dallas, which seemed seem like two hours when you're <laughs> back then. It was only, like, 30 minutes. I know. <laughs> so we Yes uh, I'm I'm trying to remember who all was with me I know Casey Pratt was with me A couple other guys And yeah We get into We bought our tickets Yeah They were probably $10 or something right. I mean, back I was, then
0: I was thinking I was like They couldn't have been too much <laughs> Yeah Or else you guys wouldn't have been able to afford it But at the same time Like yeah
2: We did Here's the thing that probably you didn't read I okay. think I let this out This is the dumbest part man <laughs> Cause after the show, the show was great. It was yep. loud. It was, there was there were bands opening for them. I kind of want to say it was. Uh, I want to say it was Quiet Riot. Okay. White Snake, <laughs> and Van Halen. I think.
0: Oh, what a lineup!
2: Or else I saw those bands at another time. I kind of think that was the lineup. Sure, sure. They all they were all active in '85, yep. so it's possible.
0: It is possible. <laughs>
2: Uh, man. After the show, this is the dumbest part. Casey Pratt and I. Uh, <laughs> all right, let me back up. <laughs> okay, this is really okay, stupid. Okay. okay. So, uh, before the show, Casey wanted to wear a cool shirt to the concert, and I had cool shirts, and he didn't. Gotcha. The, the cool shirts that like had the flap over to the side, oh, like this, yes, and yeah. they had like mesh in the yes. sleeves or. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Terrible this shirts. This was the 80s. <laughs> yeah, so 80s.
2: So he borrowed – he wore one of my shirts, and I wore one of my shirts, and we go to the show. We both buy concert T-shirts, like sure. the jersey sleeve, yeah. half yeah, yeah. sleeve like thing. The baseball cut style. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Three-quarter length sleeve, yeah.
2: And we're wearing those shirts, and we're carrying – the concert shirts? We're wearing the concert shirts. and oh, they no, we wore them the same
0: night? Oh, it's a faux pas. We
2: immediately put them on. That's awesome. Oh, that's... like the second we bought them.
0: So you're wearing the concert shirts. You're holding the mesh shirts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we, after the
2: show, we thought it'd be awesome to go around the back of Reunion Arena and meet the band. Sure. But it's, we're 15. We're not going to meet these right. worldwide rock stars, but we were going to give it a shot. We went around the back of Reunion Arena and I'm not lying, there were a group of older guys there that, like, came at us. Oh, my God. They they were ready to jump us. What? Yeah. And I didn't put this in right. the thing to right. read because it's not fun. <laughs> and somehow, I mean, there were a lot of them and, like, mean-looking dudes. Yeah. And I don't know if they had like a knife or something, but yeah. they uh, they had something because we were scared to death.
0: How many? Uh, how many were the, the four of you guys? Three of y'all?
2: It was me and Casey Pratt. I okay, think so the the, two of y'all? the other guys with us were like, we're not going back. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Back there with y'all are fifteen, are. like two fifteen, 15 and we're okay, okay. we're walking and around a group the group
0: of older dudes, possibly with knives, super sketchy, ready to jump us. And they
2: signaled that uh, I'm like, man, they're gonna take our wallets or yeah. cash and all this stuff. And they just uh, they just pointed at our shirts that we're holding. The mesh ones? <laughs> yeah. And that's all they took. That's it? They took my shirts. Because <laughs> he didn't bring his. He wore mine. So I got two shirts <laughs> stolen that night. He got none stolen. They just took our shirts and ran off. And I'm like, I still have the Van Halen shirt on, which would be the one you'd want. Right. Not the terrible meshy like footloose looking shirt
0: honestly that's the best part of the story it's so dumb (laughs)
2: well here's 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 even the more better part of the story i'm coming home now because i think i told my parents i didn't tell them i was staying the night Mm -hmm. with these guys i told them i was just going to go to their house sure so they dropped me back off at my house that night Oh, I'm coming oh, to the front door, okay. and guess what? I'm wearing the Van Halen concert I'm shirt because a because you don't have another shirt. Yeah, I'm so busted. And this is when like your dad like stayed up. Oh yeah, you know like yeah. he slept on the couch the watching Johnny on, Carson. Yep
0: in the recliner. Yeah, flip the light on as soon as you walk in. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh crap, my
2: dad's gonna. I'm so busted. So I had to think real fast. My plan was no, this is it. Wasn't the plan. This is what I did. <laughs> I took the shirt off. And wadded it up sure. and acted like either I spilled something on it or I got so hot right. that I just came home with right. no shirt on. Right. Sure. So he answers the door at like midnight or 11.30. Yeah. There I am with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> I just run up to our room. He just looked at me like, why is your shirt not on your body? Like, oh, I spilled something on I was just going to go put it in the washer real
0: quick. So. <laughs> Man, just like <laughs> that's awesome. But what was what was but what was that that experience like for you? Though getting to see let's go back like, to the music, right? right? No, 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 but it was good. It was a good uh, story. But I but talk, talk me through what it was like to see. I mean, this is your first concert. I remember. My first concert, I saw Blink-182, and it was, I don't know what it's called now, but it was Smirnoff. And I know this isn't about me, but it was, you know, that amphitheater in Dallas, whatever it's called now, like at Fair Park. I think it's back to Starplex. Okay, okay. But you know what I'm talking about, right? So it was Blink-182, and before, like, opening for them was Cypress Hill. And opening for them was Taking Back Sunday. Before Taking Back Sunday was anybody. Like, nobody knew who they were. This was 2002, 2003. So that was my first concert. So what I'm getting at, what the through point is here, (laughs) is that was an experience with a capital E for me because I was able to go music. Like, I didn't know cypress hill i didn't care about cypress hill but seeing them and their connection the audience connected with me and then when blink 182 just like i mean it was a huge blink 182 fan and so that just really connected with me to where i felt a part of the experience oh, yeah. and it made me go i want to go to more of these i want to get more involved with music i just want this so what so pivoting back to you getting to see van halen and all these other like rock bands at this concert, what was that experience like for fifteen-year-old Brad Thompson? Because I was also fifteen-year-old when I saw Blink oh, Twenty Two. Yeah. So there we go. So there's the there's the connection there.
2: And I would have to say, I mean, for me, there's there's bands like Blink Twenty Two is a, a huge band, and we all right. know them, right? But I I would say maybe I'll get in trouble for this, but I would say I think Van Halen, they had members of the band that were kind of larger than life.
0: Sure. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Blink 182,
2: okay.
0: uh, you know, at the, at this time, I will say this was like when the self titled album came out, and while people knew who they were, they knew Blink 182 as a the unit, group. not Tom DeLonge, Mark, Travis. The Barker, you know, like, they weren't individualized yet. And people know their names and stuff. But they knew Blink-182. Yes. so to your point, Van Halen had members that people were like, oh. Like a Keith Richards and a Mick Jagger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Like, you're
2: seeing your favorite band, and you're seeing two larger than life, those two. I mean, the, the other guy... Everybody yes. in the band is big But those two But,
0: but those are yeah. Larger
2: than life Like seeing a yeah. Bono or something Right You're It's more like,
0: transcendent It, it it's, Yeah It's more zeitgeist Or z- zeitgeist Zeit- yeah. uh, Totally You know what I'm talking about it, Very it, top, of, top of mind
2: Like but, the gods had shown up on earth for one right. night I mean it was like Justin
0: it. Timberlake versus Sync, Kind of a thing Or sure, sure. Adam Levine versus Maroon 5 sure, like, it, Totally You know Bono versus U2 To your point Yeah exactly yeah. So getting to see them live, what was that like for you?
2: So that was the most unreal because yeah. you have their posters all over your mm-hmm. wall and mm-hmm. all over your uh, your trapper keeper right. and your notebooks <laughs> and everything and all that good stuff. Trapper keeper, yes, <laughs> good callback. And you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and to I mean, that's before they've even played a note. Sure. like, these guys are
0: unbelievably It's Like huge. the anticipation is like. What's driving it And then you see him And you're just like I- I'm done Like this is already worth it Which 15 uh,
2: year old Brad That's how I perceived A David Lee Roth Or an Eddie Van Halen mm. And I'll be I'll be honest 50 year old Brad Kind of sees Michael Fronty The mm. same way now Sure sure Being that I've got a Cause Come on The David Lee Roth thing I love it It's not a deep Right yeah yeah, 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 It's not a, It's <laughs> right, show right. It's a thing And I always Would think it's awesome but but what a, what really rocks some an old an older guy like me is to yeah. see a michael franti out there mm-hmm. who's probably close to my age i'm guessing do, doing a powerful larger than life thing sure. on a much deeper yeah, yeah, yeah sensitive thought out uh uh you know, loves humanity yes. type of level. So right. I got my mind blown again 35 years later. That's Awesome, yeah. When you kind of think it wouldn't happen, because you know, starstruck is there, and yeah. that's what the Van Halen. And,
0: and also, and also, I think that you've been a seasoned performer for for a long time now, right? And so, what I've found in in various things in which you start occupying space. You start becoming a critic as much as you are an appreciator Oh, of. boy. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, I want to appreciate this music for what it says and what it is and who the performer is. But at the same time, I'm thinking about how the music could have been better if they had just sharpened this up, tightened that <sighs> up, gotten rid of the background, added background, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're trying to fight that part of the critic part of your brain, which you appreciate when you're putting art into space, but you resent it when you're trying to just sit back and appreciate an <laughs> amazing right. concert, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And, and so I think so to have that kind of seasoned brain and still be blown here mm. at Red Rocks is astounding and is really a commentary on how you can still be surprised and and connected to music so many years from 15 to 50 kind oh. of a thing.
2: Hey, I'll tell you that that night that we saw him was the first night of his Soul Rocker tour. Okay. First night. Oh, okay. And they started the concert with this big old video that he had made. Mm. And it was powerful. It had He's got a little son, you know, that was just born right. last year or something. And it was personal. And it was intense. And it was like this launch, kind of like T minus five. Four. Oh,
0: that's awesome. And it,
2: this whole video, and it's like, and the, the whole place is electric and we're about to go. And then... It was a total misfire. Oh. The video like just went br- out the window. The band wasn't ready to come on. Oh no! The, the whole thing just went crap. And uh, he's like, and he apologized. He's like, man, it's the first night of the show. We're trying to bring in all these elements of video and
0: sound and this thing, right? A real like audio visual experience. Yeah. yeah. And
2: they actually like walked out and went. Take two, (laughs) and did it all over again, and nobody gave a crap. Sure, you know it was one of those things. You could have been horribly critical of seeing a giant, you know, audio visual technical thing just flop in front of nine thousand people at Red Rocks. We've all flown from somewhere. Everybody I met
0: was from like somewhere fucking Missouri, yeah. Yeah.
2: And to see the whole thing, the critic in you would be like, "God, haven't y'all?" Y'all been rehearsing for three months. What's the deal? Right. And it just flopped. But I'm telling you, as a musician and someone who tries to dial in all these types of video elements and things, you're just like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm still getting my mind blown. So you're right. I ha- you let go of the critic, yeah. and you're like, this is you know, and you just appreciate it for being great. He tried. Yeah, and you know, I bet the next night they had it down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when they were in Kansas right. or something, <laughs> they killed. <laughs> I'm sure. Right. But that first night was just like we were. It was just like three, two, one.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, crickets, man. All everybody's <laughs> like, we didn't know it was he was still in the dressing room. I think he wasn't even ready to go. <laughs> Halfway through a sandwich, like, what, what's yeah, he's, he's going to the bathroom or something. It was uh, who knows, but yeah. it, it was like, oh man, even like big time people, he, you know, kind of
0: still have you know slip ups here and there, and it's it's all part of being human. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. and his he stay human. That's his yeah. whole thing, man. Right, I love it. We'll I be, really loved it. We'll be right back with more after the encore. After this. Oh. Welcome back to After the Encore. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and I am here with Brad Thompson. So Brad, we just got done talking about how music brings people together and your various concert experiences at 15 and 50. And so now what I really want to get into, we touched on it a little bit, but I kind of brought you back because I really wanted to get that full 15-year-old experience. But let's talk about your time at University of North Texas and uh, really experiencing, you know, trying to be... I don't know, classically trained, I'm using air quotes, but just like that whole experience of trying to be a little bit more, I guess, confined and traditional, and then and then let's talk about you starting to produce albums then in the 90s.
2: Uh, I'll be honest, the, uh, <coughs> the North Texas thing was extremely brief.
0: Okay. Right. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs>
2: and no, my parents, nobody was happy about that. It was really brief. I think a lot was going on in my life so it was yeah, mostly good.
0: Well, that's good. What what was going on in your life? Let's talk about that. I I think
2: um I was uh writing songs. Mm-hmm. I was performing uh, you know, the, at the the most I had been performing. Okay. Cuz up until then it was high school so sure. I was like you know, uh playing like Restaurants And talent shows And stuff Whatever you can get Yeah And there I'm in college uh, Trying to do the Right thing With the plan And get the degree In something Composition Performance Something That's gonna be useful Right And uh, But I'm uh, I'm I'm in a a Music duo And we're getting uh, Booked around the state Oh wow Okay Um and we're we're uh kind of we're we're moving into like the songwriter kind of venues that were uh uh <clears throat> some of them are still around like poor David's pub you know those right. venerable places that are you you know you really wanna play in as a songwriter, so that type of stuff was really causing me to miss some classes sure yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. But we're having a great time, and we're and we're singing songs that we wrote. It was fun too. I I met a guitar player at North Texas. This great guy, and uh, he was over in Bruce Hall. If okay. you if you're familiar with North Texas, Bruce Hall is still the the kind of the artsy dorm of okay. all of them okay. to this day. And it's a funky funky dorm. Right. And back then, maybe still now. Back then. They had uh, rehearsal, isolation uh, rooms, rehearsal rooms downstairs in the basement. Totally You get down there and just do your piano concertos and stuff and just be as loud as you want 24-7. And uh, my friend had access to him uh, because he was in that dorm. I didn't go to that dorm. Sure. I was over in like a regular boring dorm, and then... (laughs) We would go down there, and back then, this is 1987, he had a four-track recorder, like a oh, tape, yeah, yeah, like yeah, an yeah, analog yeah, recorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we got to just recording all the time. We would just go down there, as soon as we were done, like, with classes, eat some dinner, go down to the basement. There's nobody down there, and just I, as fast as I could write songs. Yeah. And we're taking, like, drums down there and <laughs> stuff you can bang on and pots and dobros and, right. you know, anything. Bass guitars and yeah. just, like, and just, re- and he's wanting to record. He doesn't write, but he can play and he can hit re- he can do all the recording stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we just, I mean, we had a blast. So, I mean, that's what was going on in North Texas. I was actually finding my way at North Texas, but not, at North Texas sure. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the it's like oh man we were up all night recording and now I've got to go to my choral you know like required major class like, oh, for like one credit hour yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it's time for theory you know and you're like yeah. oh god and you're really at a piano like, and so yeah I just couldn't wait to you know finish the chorus on this song I was writing at lunch so tonight at midnight we would go down there and just go crazy all night and record more stuff and I'm like that's what I wanted to do right they just didn't have a class in that
0: yeah (laughs) well I think I think also it's hard Um, so I I I mean I don't know the listeners care about this but I will just share it anyways (laughs) I mean I got my degree in theater when I went to school and so and I knew a lot the most successful people that I'm friends with that have made a degree out of theater, or career, I should say, uh-huh. did not get their degree in theater. They left school early. Probably. Because they were tired of having to, all right, I got to do this monologue, and I got to do this different one, and I got to pay, due- pay my dues is what they got tired of. And I think there is value in paying your dues. I'm using air quotes. Because I think it teaches you something about the the ability to find a job wherever you can or a role wherever you can depending on like music versus theater that kind of a thing. But I think you got to get to a point and I feel this way about most things in life. The rules or the structure or the the way the order of operation if we're talking about getting the degree and the theory and all that kind of stuff like you were talking about is highly important. Until it's not. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, like it's exactly. great to have a structure, but it's also great to recognize as an individual, like, hey, this is holding you back. Just cut loose and go because you're going to find more success not sticking this. And I think there are people that do get their degrees, move on and then still have a successful career. And it's great. But I think. It's also important uh, maybe as an educator or as someone who is a part of the art to recognize like, look, sometimes you just got to cut and run because that's what you need. You, you know, the collective you, that's what you as an individual or collective you, whoever, needs to do in order to fly free, so to speak. And I think that's exactly what it was for you because you were like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to write. I'm going to be part of the creative process. I'm going to perform. And then I want to take this product to the people, right? To the people. <laughs> to the people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and get the get their take and not wake up at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday for a one hour, one hour, 8 to 8.50 for a one credit hour class, which is so, I mean, that's such BS. I don't even know what to say.
2: Mine was racquetball. That's one I could never get to.
0: Oh, I, uh... <laughs> like, I, how <laughs> do you not...
2: How do you not get an A in racquetball? Man? I got
0: a C <laughs> in badminton slash pickleball. They was go. they did two sports <laughs> in one class, <laughs> and I got a C because I didn't show up half the time because it was at eight a.m. It's all intense. every single day, and I was like. <laughs> why is this every single day if it's a three like i was just like this is ridiculous and i was in there with all these jo- it, this is not exciting to anybody but i feel your pain is what i'm trying to say and and so let's so how long were you at unt total one year half a year one day what was it like one semester oh <laughs> so when you say brief you mean brief with a capital b
2: yeah i mean i decided that it was uh, not important anymore way too soon mm, i mm. really should have thought that through yeah i mean i regret that yeah uh not just because my kids are probably listening but because <laughs> i it would have been great to sti- stick around but there's there's something about that undeniable pull right that that what i think is what most people feel there's some pull and pull something that's grabbing you yeah and trying to get you out there and you you may hopefully understand it or have a version of it or whatever but you're there's this pull that's always making you yeah that's got you drawn to writing or something or whatever and that, something creative yeah. that's the thing i could not shake yeah i
0: couldn't absolutely. shake it
2: i'm sure all these theater people that go to new york or something and try to
0: do yes
2: it sounds like a crazy idea but there's something pulling them yeah that uh you have i feel your you uh answer yeah i'm just gonna answer it yeah and i i would say i floundered for years mm. but uh, in the attempt to recognize what the thing was that was pulling me you know i'm right. a, uh am i meant to make people dance to play country music just to write songs just to play in the studio what is your all of it you know what is that thing that's calling me that I think's got its hooks in me and right then you spend the rest of your life trying to figure that out right
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how did you even get from a point where you were so you've left UNT and then before so let's go Leaving Unt, which was what year was this? It was still
2: eighty seven. Eighty seven. Year so, I went there. Year
0: I was born. Just to make you feel a little old. Great. <laughs> so eighty seven yes, until son. the un- <laughs> the undulating band formed. <laughs> what what were those years? And what what year did you ver- first start? Putting music out with your band, and for those that are not that are listening, they're not aware. Brad's band that he calls it is the Undulating Band, right? And so, and that's the big, the full shebang, right? Uh-huh. And and has taken on a couple different personas depending on the records that you put out. But uh, when did you start doing music with them? What year was that? Ninety-two. Ninety-two. So between '87 and '92, what did that look like for for young Brad?
2: It was not pretty. Okay. All right. <laughs> And just for some fun trivia, the undulating is actually a nod to the the Van Halen guys. Oh,
0: were. okay, all right. I wondered about that. So. Yeah,
2: it was a it was an interview. I'm tr- uh, I can't remember the concert now, but it was in the '80s uh, in California, mm-hmm. and Van Halen was a headliner. But anyway, that was some pre show banter from. Mr. Roth, and he used the word "undulating" and oh. said, "When I get my band together, I'm going to use
0: that." That's Because awesome. it's ridiculous. It is. <laughs> it's totally, utterly ridiculous. It is absolutely. It's at, almost as ridiculous as the word "cornucopia." <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just yeah. And Brad Thompson is cornucopia band. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. But yeah. So
2: you know, from '87 to '92, uh, it was it was a lot of attempts. It was a lot of. Moving around and you know the couch surfing yeah. and living all these different places and being broke and and then having some money and then spending it on a uh, I don't know a PA or a van or a trailer mm-hmm. or something that's gonna get you there and right. then you're back with no money again and uh, by by ninety two I was twenty three. And I would probably attribute this to a scientist say that's when your frontal lobe is more developed. Yes. So yes I mean, that's it's no coincidence right, right, right. that it was 92 by the time I actually had a plan that was more likely to succeed. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: right.
2: And by then, I'd hit up some new guys in town, guys and girls. Mm-hmm and it was a large group back then i did have a, a really giant idea two singers violin electric guitar bass drums like a large piano like a large group how did group. you
0: even coordinate that for rehearsal purposes <laughs> it was nuts i mean <laughs> yeah. that seems ridi- that seems like the ideas of a madman who doesn't have his frontal lobe <laughs> <laughs> right you're like i bet it wasn't All fully right. developed <laughs> may not still be <laughs>
2: But, yeah, even even back then when we would go uh, play out of town yep. w- before we had, like, a van, we would had to take, like, three cars. It was like Polyphonic Spree trying to get to a gig. Oh. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, that car gets the instruments. I'll take six people. You two can ride over. It was right. like, yeah, it was yeah. all the other bands, like, four or five guys hop in a Civic and go. And, and I'm a, like,
0: or minivan Civic. or something and do it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm. We're caravanning to, you know. Tulsa Norman Norman Oklahoma yeah. to play a gig for $150 right. all this gas and then you got
0: to like split yes and to your point you got to split that between gas and food and room potentially and then like <laughs> and then everybody gets a cut of the gate and then it's like oh we owe them five dollars uh, you know yeah. I mean how did, but and this was like you said this is the early and mid 90s when you're starting to to tour and really touch down and 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 you know i uh,
2: made a cd for the first time yeah
0: and so like what there's there's a couple things i want to talk about cuz like one of the things when i was listening to some of your earlier stuff is it really evokes this feeling of like counting crows oh, a little sure. bit of old school dave matthews Definitely. and it's i mean it's very of the time and i mean that in a very good way I right was,
2: oh i was Listen to all that. Yeah. Right. I Toe mean, the wet sprocket. Yes. That kind right. of stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: And so it evokes that feeling. And so how were you able to kind of, how were you thinking about, like, how do I carve out my space when these other similar artists are really, like, laying down roots? How do you do that on a local level when they're doing it on a national or global level, depending? So what was what was that? How did you even start developing the sound? Obviously by listening to them, but, like, how did you... I mean, you've got the big band, you're influenced by these nineties artists, and you're trying you know, you're touring Texas, Oklahoma kind of like regionally. Right. But what was it like for you even just getting off the ground with that making that first album?
2: Oh gosh. And I I honestly think I had the I mean, I wanted to sound like that. I was just happy that there were bands that sounded like that too. So it didn't
0: sound like And it worked out too because (laughs) they're popular. They're popular and there's a there's clearly a national want. For more of this type of music, you know, I think it's so difficult when people want to have maybe an old school Counting Crows sound now. I don't know that there's a big demand for that. Right. But there was then. And I think you really tapped into that on a specific regional and, and national level, in my opinion, national level. But But what was it like? you know, I want to let you kind of really tell that story. And I've been kind of talking about, I'm trying to find the through point for a lot of people. And so I really want to tap into what was that like for you? Just like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. And, and I guess maybe, maybe here's the question and all of that is, and, and I'm like, I'm like formulating my thought, my thought bubbles are above my head. But I think maybe this is the question is, when did you get to a point where you backed up and went, Okay, it's been X number of years, months, days, whatever. This is what I want to do. This is how I've done it. Where do I go from here? Oh
2: yeah. Hey, and I, I will say, like, I still remember when I first heard the Dave Matthews Band, mm. the Under the Table and Dreaming. I'm yes, guessing that yes. was like '94. '95. That sounds about right. Yeah. And I was like, "What is that a violin on my yeah. radio? Yeah.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was like. I've got a violin player in my band. He's right. been in there since, like, 91. Yep. So we were, like, rehearsing and stuff. Right. I'm like, what? Right.
0: You were ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> in case yeah. Dave Matthews Check is listening. Out. right? it <laughs> out. Yeah. Thompson was ahead of the curve. You heard it here first. Oh, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. The
2: elements of, you know, maybe, like, bluegrass mm, or mm-hmm. country, but not, like, overtly country. No. Ever. There's, like... Sp- Wrinkles. I'm or? talking about me. He's not. He's less country. But he's, right. Got I know what you're saying. Yeah. With yeah,
0: you. Yeah. But
2: it's still that you know type of thing. Um, and I'll tell you what the the economics of this whole thing changed my vision drastically. Trying to travel with this, I don't know that's seven or eight pieces, we quickly went down to three. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> it didn't take long. Yes. We got down then. And that's when we started traveling extensively because we could afford to. Sure. And this was we're traveling as a trio, and we actually could afford to bring a fourth person. Sure. Not even like a, a playing, playing in the band. They drove. They sold merchandise. They ran sound for us. They There were so many things we needed when we we're out there yeah they were very so,
0: versatile to be able to accomplish all that for you yeah so
2: we had there was two different guys that work with us a lot and uh you know they take time off of work or in between uh college or whatever they were doing what and doing, yeah. they would go out with us so we actually could have three guys and then a fourth just utility all-purpose help us out you know right fix the van yeah. <laughs> change the tire yeah, and all exactly all the st- run interference for us when we're yeah. on stage. There's nobody there at the club <laughs> to like talk to the manager or what right. do we need to do. Yeah. So uh, that th- that model became what we pretty much did uh, sure. through like 2000. Right. Okay. And it was it was a we were able to travel with that and you know get down to like we we drove in a, a Ford Econoline <laughs> van. Yeah. That had been modified by the person we bought it from, they had installed a second gas tank. So this thing held like oh, wow. a billion <laughs> gallons of gas. And it was safe too. Yeah. <laughs> so it had like two gas tanks in this sucker and Well,
0: that's awesome though, because then you can go double the distance. We could go forever. Like Houston and back. Like uh, no problem. <laughs> in a van
2: awesome. with a big six by nine cargo trailer full yeah. of all the crap and everything. Dude, I mean, we'd hit the West Coast and Colorado. Yeah. We did Colorado a lot. I mean, we'd hit the college towns in the south, sure. just like everywhere we could get to. Yeah. And that that were and it was roomy. I'm like there's four of us in here, man. Yeah. like everybody's got a captain's chair that right. they're sitting in, you know. it's <laughs> yeah. great. There's a bed in the back. Like this is awesome. There's that food is, uh, every Right.
0: refrigerator. That's awesome. So I I really want to as we're starting to wrap up this portion of it. I want you to talk to me a Talk me through the worst tour experience that y'all had. Oh no! I know do it's you know been, what it is. I, I do know what it is, but it's I want you. <laughs> I want you to walk the listeners through. Is that printed somewhere? Is it, it the bear one? No, it's the Voyage Dallas one. This one is okay. Oh, oh, the about, bear, the bear tour about yes. the bear, about the fighting bear. Yes, yeah. that's what's in here. Yes, so I wondered
2: how f- how easy that interv- that thing was to find. So yeah, Barry,
0: a quick Google. I think it was one or two on the search result for you. So uh. there we go. I should have never brought this up. <laughs> mm. okay, so let's let's talk through this. And then, in the next section for those that are listening, you know, we're really gonna dive into l- current music and then also like what's ahead for. Brad Thompson, but let's let's end this part with this story. With this riveting, because it was, I kept me riveted when I was reading it. I was like, Oh my god, this is like can't make this up. No, this is like it's one of those situations where it's like it's so crazy, it has to be true. <laughs> it you know, like yeah. it, no one could think of all of these elements together. Or Individually, to. one, off, one off, sure, not together.
2: Yeah. So what uh, what's that town in Arkansas where the uh, hot springs?
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we went to hot springs. Okay,
2: yep. And the idea was was a three night engagement out there on weeknights, and it's for routing, so we could hit, okay. hit a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, make a little bit, bit, of, money, a bit of money, and, and then and continue to Memphis, Nashville, and like do that. Some type of the of thing.
0: bigger quote unquote cities mm-hmm. to really hit the the weekend exactly. Okay. And so
2: during the week you can grab a little cash and you're good, right? And so this place was was supposed to be that. I forget what it was called. Now it doesn't matter. No. But yeah, so the first <laughs> night we pull up, and mind you, I handle all the business of my band.
0: Okay. So
2: I booked this.
0: And this is, for the listeners that may not be aware, this is pre-internet, mid-90s, right? Mm-hmm, pre-internet. Mid-90s. And, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, your way of booking was if you knew somebody in the area that knew of places, you would call them and hit them up, and they'd give you a tip. But sometimes you didn't, and you would just call places and just... Do the business oh, book it ahead of time and or, like, like call them cro- until they cross they were... your fingers and be like, I hope this is good and it doesn't suck. Call well, them until
2: you found them in their office. Right. <laughs> so this was actually through an agent in uh, Dripping Springs, actually, okay. that okay. connected us to Hot Springs Springs. I don't know why right. they're all springs, but well, they're all there. <laughs> um. So we pull them. up at the. I'm sure this club's named after an animal. Sure. Like, it's always like the armadillo or the right. alligator or something. I don't know. And we pull up and on the marquee is our name, but is also on the marquee is American Hunks. <laughs> yeah. So that's what's who is opening for us.
0: And this is, for those that are wondering, this sounds like a mail strip act. It was.
2: It is. <laughs> it is. was uh, and is. No. Or probably was. I don't know if it still is. And
0: no no members of your band thought, like, oh, I'll participate in this as well. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah, so we had
2: to wait for them to get done. <laughs> which is crazy.
0: You had no idea. You were just like, Nobody what, told what, us that part. What is
2: this? No. And we weren't allowed to be in that room while it was happening because it would inhibit the... Audience, so it was like a no males allowed. So is this totally a female audience? Okay, all right, we didn't really want to be in there, <laughs> but fair, fair, So they're doing the thing, whatever, yeah. and they get done. And then it's like magic mic in there, it was, it was magic <laughs> mics. There's a bunch it of anyways. them, and yeah, so they uh, they get done, they're tearing down their equipment and everything. And w- like for a moment, we're kind of sharing the same green sure. room, yeah. Which is odd. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, hey, good show. Y'all have a good show too, man.
0: Uh, fist bump. All right. <laughs> yeah. So they leave,
2: and then we play. And this, oh man, the stuff we would do back then. I don't do stuff like this anymore. Thank yeah. goodness. But the show was one of those like, there's no uh, two a.m time to like quit selling alcohol in a town it just goes forever like vegas or something
0: well i think each state is different too because i i will say for like tech here in texas it's a hard 2 a.m is. That's it. You totally. can't sell alcohol after that. Not there. But when I went to New York, I know it was until 4 a.m. you could sell alcohol. So I think it really is like state by state. Yeah. It's something like even that. Even maybe county by county. You can. It depends. So, so, there's, no, so there's no cutoff at that point. Is we what played saying. till 4. Okay. We maybe. played till 4 a.m. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So those guys leave. I think we start at 11 p.m. or midnight or something. And then we play and we kind of take a break and like a dj comes on and then that's like a whole different <laughs> thing that we're not
0: and then the dj's done just, and we go back on. i'm just thinking about this visual of a, oh, a magic mic type show with this type of mute that type of music then you've got like
2: dave matthews dave coming. matthews
0: sound like well, here's a songwriter and then the dj and then dave matthews is back all the, in one night the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like a bad snl skit
2: uh, yeah <laughs> It's like one of those remote festival. It's like the fire festival. <laughs>
0: okay. Oh, <You> know, God.
1: <laughs> every Let's not it's, even get yeah, into that. Yeah.
2: It's like we're going to have a storyteller after this, <laughs> then whatever. It's going to be everything. Oh,
0: my God. Okay. All right.
2: Yeah. So we get done, and we've all come to the same conclusion that we don't want to do the next two nights that we have committed to doing.
0: Sure. At this place with this type of setup and mm. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: So we're telling the, the club owner that – uh We're going to tear down all of our gear, but don't panic. We'll be back. We just need it because we made it like we're going to go to Memphis for like an afternoon radio show. So we need everything, and we'll be back in time for this deal. And he's like, sure. (laughs) And then we also ask him if he would be so kind as to front us the money for the first night, uh, oh, you're so supposed to get paid at the end of the third night. Eat you all would of get it. all of it, and we're like, can you make a tiny exception? Just give us just do one night. Just front okay. us for the first night. All right, we just need some gas money, and we promise we'll be right back. <laughs> so, in effect, we've gotten paid. We got all of our stuff out right. there. We're we're done, and uh, they uh, they lead us to the get the band house, yeah, which is like it's like sixty miles out in the ozarks or something right, yeah. nowhere near mankind or oh anything and uh there's two houses the first house is occupied yeah. by our opening ba- uh group the american <laughs> hunks they're right. in that house and then we're staying in the other house it's kind of like down the property a bit right and we get there mind you this is like it's like 5:30 in the morning right, right. like the, the, the sun's coming actually, up and yeah. we're finally getting to bed yeah so you went to about paying your dues. This is beyond paying. This is right. paying everybody's dues. Right. And uh, we get to that house and we're getting acquainted. There's a sink. There's a bunch of bedrooms and here's the, everything. And uh, the the guy is sort of giving us a tour. And we look out the kitchen window and there's a massive, massive, a uh, cage like you would see at a zoo with sure. like a concrete slab right. and for real big old bars like the tiger would be behind or sure. something yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that's weird. that's weird yeah <laughs> is
0: that where the american hunk stayed
2: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right In a cage right. <laughs> and we go outside and he explains we see like a like a 400 pound like bear right an actual bear And this is, I apologize to people that might be upset by this because we were upset and just the telling of it is upsetting. That there's a bear in a cage that is now retired, according to that guy, Mm. because they used to put him in a horse trailer, drive him around Arkansas, Arkansas, Arkansas. And people would pony up like hundred bucks and wrestle him.
0: And this bear didn't have teeth or claws, right? That was the that was the kicker, right? On purpose, right? Well, because if you fight a bear, <laughs> the bear is going <laughs> to fight back, yeah. And you don't want to get you don't want to maul. So this is horrifying. And you guys called the SPCA, right? We were disgusted. We try called to do whatever you could to
2: like. We called every agency yeah, you could, in right, nationwide and in the state, because there's a. He's there with the no teeth and his claws are gone yeah. and he's fat. And
0: that's horrifying in general. Uh, but then yeah. Uh listen. but it, there, I'm but yeah, I mean, hopefully something was done about it, but I mean you have no idea. But it's just it's the <laughs> fact that like you to your point, you've <laughs> paid everybody's dues. you you <laughs> Toby sh- paid bear's name Toby. Bear by was the Toby. Way. Toby. Oh. I still remember name. he's paid his dues. I mean, you've got people from you know, people from the sharing stage with the American Hunks and the DJ and, and it's Arkansas. And it's just, I think the, Put the that point in your of your resume, right? I mean, the point of this is that, you know, you, you've left UNT, you formed the band and it's like, you know, success, Sometimes you can't quantify success in the moment. <laughs> But sometimes you look back and you go, you know what? This shaped me in some way for the, for the rest of my life. And I don't know what it is. But we're, we're, that's a good place to end it right now. We'll be right back with more after the encore after this. Don't
1: really care. Not since my girl. Not since we lost.
0: You're listening to After the Encore. I'm your host Joe Shaw, and I'm here with Brad Thompson. And what I want to dig into this section is I want to talk about some current music. So, Brad, talk me through the last album you released, which I believe is the self-titled album. Yeah. Okay. So walk me through what that was like because you're you specifically released it, not under the, the moniker of Brad Thompson and his or and the undulating band, but yeah. specifically under just Brad Thompson. Solo artist, so to make it even harder to find, it's of course, Spotify. of course, <laughs> of course. But what was it like for you to make that decision and then to craft? Because it's uh, it's a couple of years old now, right?
2: Yeah. When did it release? So. It, it came out in 8 It's been forever. So
0: it's been as long as I've been married. Got it, <laughs> which is 11 years for those keeping track because this is 2019. I I had eight in my head and I was like, I don't think 18 is right. I think it's older than that. And the answer is, it is.
2: Yeah. '08. Okay. So I've I've current, been in, I've current. been involved in three albums since then. So okay. it's not like I didn't do anything. Right. Um. The 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 the. Short version of this is in 2000 is when I had my first child. Okay. And I drastically made a change. Where in 2000, I'm like, I can't be driving to San Diego and crap like that and being gone for six weeks if I'm going to start having kids. Uh, Many people pulled off and do a beautiful job of it. I just couldn't see it happening. And so I scaled back on uh, traveling and uh, also scaled back on you, even writing. I just got I just dove into you know, fatherhood. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Right. I mean, it's still fun. She's now uh, in college. She's at North Texas. Oh, wow. Where I went. She's actually one dorm. Full, full circle. Full circle, yeah. <laughs> She's actually the dorm next door to the dorm I was in.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, and they
2: <laughs> haven't changed.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> Maybe a new
2: floor. I think that's it. Let's hope so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they have like internet now, you know. Good, Good. Um, but so I I found other ways to play music, and I thought I was resourceful mm-hmm. in doing it. It was less playing like showcases of all my songs and playing CDs and selling T shirts like a band, right? And more like I just want to play music mm-hmm. it, for people in great settings. It 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 does involve a lot more cover songs now because I uh, you sure. know because we're gonna. I'm going to play uh, uh, a fundraiser event for, uh, you know, Wounded uh, Warriors. Or sure. I'm going to play a rehearsal dinner. Or I'm going to play a Main Street Arts Festival. And probably there's a
0: lot more... How do I put this? You can get a lot more people interested in buying into you as a performer if they hear something they're familiar with. And so you're able to kind of blend in some cover songs and some Brad Thompson songs exactly. seamlessly. So it's like, oh, I'll bring you in with something you recognize, I'll hook you with my stuff, and then back and forth kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yep.
2: You know like the Grateful Dead would do that a lot. They yes, play like you're a right, ton you're right. of That's interesting true. crazy covers, like is that the Everly brothers? Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm, doing wild mm-hmm. stuff and then their stuff. I'm like uh, I I never saw why you couldn't be an original and a cover band at the same time on any given night. Whereas most people, I think, bands and fans and uh, uh, people, at, uh, talent buyers, you know, it's sort of like they're a cover band, they're an original band. I'm like, I'm gonna right, yeah. I'm kind of both, and you might not even know which one I am if you saw me this night. Right, he didn't do any covers that night, and right. then the next night it was. Only covers, you're right? Like, Does he write songs? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't really care, I
0: just want to go play. And it's about performing in that connection to the audience. Back to that thing, the yep. first thing we talked about, right? Exactly.
2: Like, we opened for Pat Green a couple months ago, and I'm like, That's well, right. Pat Green's a songwriter, right? So, we just did our own songs, sure. And I'm like, nobody's nobody may know any of these songs, but mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I come out and we
1: are family right. when you're open for Pat <laughs> right. Green? Like. Are like, Wait a minute!
2: What is this? And yeah. I even do the more country tinged stuff that I have. Oh, There's plenty of that. So sure. I'm like, "This yeah, is yeah, great." Yeah. And then yep. maybe the next night we're playing like uh, we'll do a wedding reception, and you you don't play our original songs at that. I'm like, I don't care. We're sure. going to play some rocking. Yeah, we're just going to dance, have a good time. We'll do that too. Like I yep. I enjoy that and blurring the lines yep. of what it is that we do. I I don't think that it really it hurts your. Yeah, momentum or trajectory or reputation or whatever, I'm I'm happy and love doing yeah. all of it. Or yeah. even backing up other artists, not sure. even being the front guy. I do that. You know, that's yeah. fun too.
0: It's more about what I think would, what's really interesting about you, both as an individual and as a performer, is your income and how you make your money is from being a performer. And you found how to be versatile and have multiple successes across the board by being able to say, I'm not going to limit myself to a box. I'm going to find a way to transcend the boxes.
2: Oh, thank you for saying that. That's you awesome. Know? Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I wholeheartedly believe that. And I think so many people get stuck in what does success look like? Right. Yeah. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier where it's like, you know, a lot of people feel like if you're not, globally touring, nationally touring, headlining as an original artist, right? Oh, yeah. You're not successful. And then I think, additionally, if you are a cover artist, it's like, great, you are a cover ban, quote unquote, cover ban, but also you have to, you must have a day job because you can't possibly be keeping <laughs> yourself afloat from only doing weddings and bar mitzvahs and whatever. You're right, you know? these perceptions, right? Yeah. But it's like, but I think what we're starting to, what we as a society may be starting to realize, and I think you are a perfect example, is that you can you can have your cake and eat it too. You oh, can both be original and be a cover, and I think. Even though people may not say, I know Brad Thompson in the same way that it's like, oh, I know who you two are, right? At the same time, you have this unfounded level of success that is greater than a lot of regional bands or maybe even national bands because you've been able to say, I don't care where I play, how I play, what I play. I love performing and connecting and I'm going to find a way to connect to people. And that's, what's going to take me from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that is a beautiful thing because at the end of the day, music is about connection and you're showing, I'm going to connect to you in some way. And I don't know how that's going to be, but I'm excited to explore that with you, the individual audience person. And we're going to find a way, whether it's by singing my original stuff, whether it's by singing celebration, whether it's by singing, <laughs> you know, or whatever. the house, the
2: house concert yes. I did where we, where yes, we met. yes, that's right. Like those are fun too. I, I, that's not my predominant, uh, place that I play, but yeah. th- those are fantastic. They're right. very personal. Uh, I guess you they're tend to work for people that do want to tour sure. more and, and travel, which I, uh, I mean, I love traveling, but I'm not like trying to like cover the whole U.S. or anything sure. this year, yeah. you know. So. Right.
0: I want you to talk me through some of your favorite songs that you've written and and or performed and what they have meant to you.
2: Oh, Okay, Ooh, so boy.
0: so I'll, I'll give you. I might have to look at. it. No, him. it's fine. Um, <laughs> let me let me let's let's do this actually. So one of my favorite songs, I know we were talking about this a little off air. One of my favorite songs that you perform and have on your self titled album is Jitterbug Perfume.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And honestly, I I believe you played that at the concert that I went to because I I didn't know anything about you and you started playing it and it was just so fun and it connected with me on such a personal level because it was like it's it's like it's fun. It's lighthearted, it's intimate, it's connective. There's a lot of elements that I really d- were drawn to. Oh, so yeah. talk me through the origin of even just creating that song and maybe then that'll lead to some others that you think of.
2: Okay. <clears throat> um, Let's see. That that song, I know for sure I played it that night because the host of The House Party, Chris, that's his favorite song uh, of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he asked that I play that. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the... There's a, there's a group I was listening to that inspired me to uh play that oh man i hate when i can't remember stuff uh i can't think it. it's okay it's all okay. right it's uh rycooter went down to uh cuba i believe and recorded a band down there called uh oh i wish i could think of it right now it's okay uh, i'm thinking. no worries um. So you anyway, so I was trying to go for that kind of style, and it's sort of white boy. That it's not yeah, really sure, that style, sure. but it had affected me enough. I listened to that I listened to that album so much back when I was writing that song that yeah. I really wanted to do that. Uh, I still want to think of the name of it.
0: Sorry, it's okay. It's uh, okay. But it's uh, the 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 guitar part is so good. Do 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 do. Yeah, the little lead line. Do do. And you know, for those that are listening, they're like, "Oh, Joe, you're not the singer." But, but it's just so—I oh, don't know—it just gets you, gets well, you right in the feels.
2: That's a guitar player a friend of mine named Kevin Grove who wrote that lead line. Oh, nice. Um, he really—he grabbed a nylon string. Mm-hmm. He knew where I was coming from and kind of did that sort of Cuban, y Latin yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. style thing. He, he, he knew what I was trying to do. Sure. <laughs> so he—I <laughs> think he did it better than yeah. I did yeah. in the. Playing the lead versus the writing of the song, but right. um, so I was listening to that, uh, and uh, um, that's a it's uh, Jitterbug Perfume is a uh, Tom Robbins uh, novel.
0: Oh, okay, is okay. Where I got the title, I gotcha. I got Not you. everybody
2: reads that guy, right? Um, this is a weird tangent, but uh, that that song was written for a friend of mine who turned me on to that author.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Uh, so, uh, she passed away mm. and, uh, that was about the time I wrote the song and it's it, you, like most people, most songs are sort of a composite sure. of many different figures and this verse, they're doing that and that verse, uh, it's actually a different person who's similar or whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, this, it's not in the song, but, um, she, she was, uh, uh, a witch,
0: Okay, <laughs> what <laughs> you're gonna
2: think? I'm crazy. I, trust We've me. We talked about no male this is strippers
0: gr- and now uh, witches <laughs> and bears. Oh my! No,
2: but she was. She told me she, she's a good witch, and she explained. I, sure. So I'm not. No, s- I'm here for her I'm
0: here for it, and I'm I'm on the journey. She's okay. a, yeah.
2: <laughs> so she was a a good of uh, 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 an extremely good witch. Mm-hmm. If you can be extreme, anyway. Sure. So I'm here for it. So anyway, I always she was always a uh, she she was a profound person and presence in my sure. life. Yeah, and so that was definitely an, a nod to her. Sure. Uh, and I'm like, I'm just going to use the title of that book because it's not uh, it's slightly obscure, and so if people yeah. get it or don't get it, it it'd be fine. So, yeah. and somehow that story got locked in with that with me listening to that kind of music. Yeah. And which they don't have anything in common, but I yeah. just like decided to write about her and that with using that style of music. So that right. just song came out of yeah. like 20 different places. I like it. Probably took 20 years to write if you're yeah. considering. I wrote it in like a week, but it took forever right. with like the, all the influences and everything. Just like, it. Which is like most songs kind of Yeah, no, Yeah, that's that. very
0: true. And I think just with most music everything is a is a journey and you're pulling in all of these different feelings and experiences and moments to to really put something down in a in a short moment of time that will last hopefully forever right mm-hmm. and let's talk about like what do you see as your legacy
2: oh boy <laughs> uh can I tell you about a dream I had the other night absolutely <laughs> it's, please it's do it's loosely connected to this but I think it may be more connected to Here's my dream. Last night, I'll try to make it short. It was a two-part dream. I was sitting in a room with a bunch of people, and for some reason, we're hanging out, and Chris Rock, the comedian, is there. So it's me, Chris Rock, and a bunch of other people. And in my dream, Chris Rock and I, we're we're really good friends. You know, like, oh, dude, like, we love hanging out. This is so cool. And I'm like, man, this is great. No one that I know has ever met him or knew that we were good friends (laughs) so i'm sitting next to him with my phone i'm like hey man before you go i want to get a selfie with us he's like
1: of course i love you brad says chris rock
2: (laughs) i'm like this is so cool and in my dream i'm the phone for some reason the apps in my phone uh are like every time you hit an app like a piece of the phone like flips out like this
0: weird like Yeah, yeah yeah okay it's it's
2: the year three thousand and your phone goes Bruh, and there's your calculator. Gotcha. And okay. Here's Twitter. Right. And I'm fumbling through all these like virtual apps that are like sure, sure, coming sure. out of my phone. Sure. And I'm like, oh, if I could just get these to close, I just need to get the camera to work. Right. And I could never get all the mm. apps to get out of the way to use the stupid camera. Sure. And I'm like, and so I didn't get a picture with Chris Rock. Mm. Second parter, this is even crazier. Same room, same day, uh, we hear that Guns N' Roses are on their way. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) This is so nuts. They're going to make an appearance. They're just going to come by because, again, we're tight.
0: Sure. I'm tight with these guys. Gotcha.
2: Right. They're going to just stop by for a second. They're very busy. They're very important guys, but they're going to stop by and just make an appearance because they're good guys. Yeah. They pull up and, like, their escalades and the whole thing, and you're like, oh, my God, it's really them. And they pull up. And, you know, they open the door and you like leather pants, right. pushing, you know, putting a cigarette out. Right. It's like the scarves, the bandanas. Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. It's really Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and three guys get out and it's Guns N' Roses, but it's not the famous guys in Guns N' Roses. It's like, it's like the third... Rhythm guitar player that they hired just sure. on the road, right? Just some right, guy right. named like Bill, the, the tour guitarist, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like their percussionist, right? This sounds like and like their keyboard player right. or something, like not C Squad, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody's like, "Oh man, it's they sent Guns and Roses, but we didn't get you know Guns Roses Slash right, right. or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of these stories me interpreting my own dreams like the Joseph in the Bible or whatever. Right, right, right. I'm interpreting my own dreams as celebrity being somewhat elusive. Mm. And I'm trying to remember what your question was. What's your legacy? Yeah, and you start thinking about what your mark. Right. And for some reason, I'm kind of plagued or bothered by the like, you, the last segment, you talk about all the cool things I've done, yeah. and thank you. And I believe that I've done cool things. I've yeah. done cool things that you right. might remember me by, or right. whatever yeah. somebody might. But, but somehow, you, I feel like it's still just beyond your fingertips. I think
0: all if artists just, are plagued with that. Just get there. Just get that app. Just, just get that. Yeah, yeah. I swear. I, I,
2: I bet you could ask. Anybody mm-hmm. Except maybe Paul McCartney Sure He wouldn't have this problem. But I, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure The artist I know You never quite Did what the, you imagined yeah. The thing would do Or something Like you're
0: there But also you're So far away It seems
2: I feel I feel that way at times yeah. Not all the time okay. I'm tremendously A, a happy person yeah. <laughs> I love what I do Yeah I have a great job But there are times That you wrestle with This The just out of reach
0: yeah. thing. Yeah, I like it. You know, that's yeah. just, that's no, just it's, always it's there. true. So as we're starting to wrap up, one thing I want to ask you is if there is a lasting piece of advice you have for somebody that may be listening, whether that's music, you can interpret it how you want, whether it's music, whether it is just life, perspective what is something that is really stuck with you that you would like to impart upon others oh crap maybe like I a mantra the, wisdom the one big question it's okay it no, was going okay. so great Joe <laughs>
2: you know what it has to be this is actually easy I thought this was going to be hard The just the one piece of advice yeah. that for anybody yeah. actor, banker, guitar player right podcaster right <laughs> <sighs> We, we we have to be kind to one another. That's the bottom freaking line. Yeah, I'm I'm that would that's my thing now. What yeah. whatever the night was like, there where we performed or practiced or whatever happened, or it didn't have to be a show. It yeah. just has to be a day at the park. Yeah, or blah, blah, blah. be kind. Oh man, that's just it's it's got to be that. You're right yeah and that's all we've got and it's harder than it seems it is and it seems hard
0: (laughs) yes absolutely all right well brad this has been awesome if people want to follow you and see what you're up to what is the best way for them to do that
2: just give me a call no
0: i'm kidding (laughs) 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 555
2: yeah um just the bradthompson.com i've had it for like 20 years now or something so it's still maintained and it's a
0: It's a good website. It's awesome. Well, you've been listening to After the Encore. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and here to play us out one more time is Brad Thompson.
1: When we played on, I'd leave with somebody new, all the while ignoring you of all I feel, all I choose, all that I need, all I last year and I was there and I cast a road from the only guy you didn't know at all and all I feel and all I choose all that I need Yeah oh. And you're
0: Podcast is powered by Roberts Media Group, your resource for podcast development. For more programming and advertising opportunities, please visit us at robertsmediagroup.co.